0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. For these are God's words. I invite you to hear them as I share from Luke's Gospel the 15th chapter. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took his journey into a far country. And there he promptly squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went, and he joined himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But then he had a moment And he came to himself and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, but I perish here in hunger? I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion, and he ran and he embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, "'Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son.' But the father said to his servants, "'Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and on his shoes and on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat, and let us make merry, for my son was dead.' and is alive. He was lost, and he is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called to one of the servants and asked, What does this mean? And he said to them, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry, and he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Lo, these many years I have served you. I've never disobeyed your command, and you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, My son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost, and he is now found. Herein ends the reading from God's holy word. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our Redeemer. As we come to these moments on Father's Day, I'm sure there's a flood of emotion that comes to all of us. This is one of those great times in our lives where it's always wrapped in lots of things, all kinds of things. I'm not sure what Father's Day means to you. I certainly have a clear understanding of what it means to me. But on this Father's Day, I want to be perfectly clear this morning As someone said, as they came in, the windows were a little bit foggy and they wondered if the sermon would be foggy today. Well, I'm hoping that I can be a little bit more clear, but I received instructions from Kurt, who's always very clear, and that is, he said, Dan, you're to preach and all of the people who come in are going to listen. So my job is to preach and your job is to listen. If you get finished before I do, would you please raise your hand? That would be really helpful to me. That would be incredibly helpful to me. One small boy's definition of Father's Day, it's just like Mother's Day, except you don't have to spend near as much money. Another defined a father as a man who carries pictures in his wallet where his money used to be. Paul Harvey said this, and I happen to grow up on the voice of Paul Harvey, so I've always enjoyed it. A father is that one that is forced to endure childbirth without any anesthetic. A father never feels worthy of the worship of his children's eyes. He never quite is the hero his daughter thinks he is, never quite the man the son believes him to be. And that worries him sometimes, Paul Harvey said. So he works too hard to try and smooth out all the rough places of the road for those of his own who will follow him. Fathers are those who give daughters away to other men who aren't nearly as good enough or as good as them so that they can have grandchildren that are smarter than anybody else's in the world. And if you don't believe that, ask Kurt about his grandchildren or ask me about mine. Fathers make bets with insurance company about who's going to live the longest. One day they lose that bet and that bet is paid off the part of them that they leave behind because a father's greatest work is always their legacy. It's always their legacy. This story that we have from our scripture this morning, it seems like a very simple story, does it not? But what I love about the parables in the scripture is we often think that we will look at a parable and we'll interpret the parable. What I love about the parables is we don't interpret them. They interpret us. Have you ever watched a great movie with a leading character and you find yourself identifying with that character? You just love the story. You love to read the book because you're so entranced. You're so taken by that character. As I read this story this morning, did you find yourself identifying with the parent, the father, the child? As I look around the room, I'm trying to see, who do I have as a prodigal child? Or maybe as the older brother, the older sibling, who was always there. The great thing about these parables is we don't get to interpret them. They interpret us. Our identification with somebody in this story tells us a lot about ourselves. It's incredibly important. I've read this story over the course of many, many years of ministry. I found myself identifying as the prodigal son. I found myself identifying as the older sibling when my younger brother went off on his own way. I found myself identifying as the father Figure in that story when one of my children went way off running into a far land and I prayed and watched and hoped that they would come back. Have you had some of those experiences? Then as we enter this kind of um, time of looking at God's word, there are all kinds of emotions that flood the soul. Father's Day for me in this earthly form has taken on lots of different emotions. I grew up as one of seven children. My parents were divorced very, very uh, early on in my experience. And I did not have a great relationship with my own father. And I remember, I remember completely a day when I was in early adulthood that Father's Day came around and I just on a whim decided I was driving to Florida and I was going to spend some time with my dad. I hadn't spent a lot of time, but I was scared. I can tell you that as I drove those miles between Indiana and here. And I wondered, what if he just doesn't even say anything? What am I going to do? There was a great fracture that had occurred. And I wasn't sure exactly what to do. I can remember praying more on that trip than I've ever prayed in my life. I remember wondering what it was going to be like. And I got to the door, and I knocked, and there was my dad. Now, an interesting thing happened. There weren't any words. He just grabbed me. He just grabbed me. And he held me. And in that moment, I experienced a grace of God that I had never, ever known. When I prayed, I didn't ask that he would just hug me. I didn't even know I needed to be hugged. And he hugged me. We spent a long night working through lots of things, talking and listening, and he shared with me about his own experience with his father and how difficult. I I understood my dad better after a long night of conversation than I had the whole previous time in my entire life. Father's Day up to that moment had been a really hard time for me. But somehow or another, in the amazing grace of God, these kinds of stories happen. It's a great, great gift. I'll come back to that, but first there is the text. You've known people in your family system, you've known friends, you've known other folks in your circle of influence. They've had somebody who just was the bad child. This young one comes to his father and says, let's pretend you're dead, dad. I just want my money now. And he takes the money, it goes off into a far land. You know the story. He squanders all of it. He finds himself all the way down at the very bottom of the society with no hope, nothing. And in that moment, and I love what the scripture says here, we've already had our Hebrew lesson, and my language is a Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, so I really enjoyed that, Don. We've already had our Hebrew lesson, so we're going to take a little Greek lesson. In that moment, the scripture said he had a moment, and he came to him I love that word, anamnesis, he came to himself. Our grandson, Drake, was born in Indiana. We got a chance to visit with him right after he was born, but then there was a while between visits and then we got to visit with him again. And then there was a little bit of a while and we got to visit with him again and all of a sudden he's this toddler who's speaking certain things. And when I came to visit with them at the house, little Drake comes running up, and then he's not quite sure who I am. And so I pick him up, and little Drake holds my face. And he looks me in the eye, and he says, Papa, he recognized me. In that moment, he had a re-remembrance. He remembered again who I was. It's anamnesis. Every time we come and we celebrate the Lord's Supper in worship, we do this in remembrance, anamnesis. It's a re remembrance. That's exactly what it is. This young man who had said, Dad, let's pretend you're dead, give me the money, found himself in this moment, and he simply had this time where he re remembered. He came to himself. A powerful moment of transformation. And then in trying to deal with the justification and the logic as he's finding his way to go back home, I'm better off if I just go and be a servant. I know my father's probably never going to receive me, but I'm going to go home and I'm just going to pretend. I'll I'll just be a servant, Dad. I know I've wronged you. I know I've sinned against God. I know I have done this. And in that humble estate where he found himself wandering him back, I know what he felt like. I understood what he felt like. I would felt like that. But as he walks his way down that dusty road, can you imagine that? His father starts running toward him. Now, those of you that are parents or grandparents, you know what I'm talking about. When you're expecting kids, you're always looking, aren't you? When we know that the kids are coming in or we're going to pick them up, we're ready, we're packed, it's all. In this case, the son had no idea what he was going to experience, but the father must have looked every day. We have no idea in the story how long it was, but every day he looked, every day he watched, every day he hoped, every day he prayed, every day he was there. He was just praying for that moment. And down that dusty road, comes this prodigal, and the father, in this wonderful parable, runs down the dusty road, holds his head to his chest, says, my son's come home again, lifted his face, wiped the tears from his eyes, said, my son, my son, do you know I still love you? Do you know I still love you? It caught him by surprise. I was so caught by surprise that day I knocked on my dad's door. It caught him by surprise. It's the only time God has ever envisioned in the Bible. Do you know that running is in this story? The love of God comes running, comes running, comes running, comes running. No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what our struggles are, no matter what the heartaches, the hardships, the pains, the struggles, the very God of the universe will come. I love this story, it's incredibly romantic. It has a deep sense of feeling for me and all of that, but then we've got to deal with the older brother, do we not? Now, without, with, don't anybody look at anybody else, but how many of you played the role of the faithful, dutiful, older child in the family system? We have, haven't we? We have, and we get it. Some people give the, the older sibling a real hard time in this story. Well, look, I've been here the whole time. I've done everything that you've asked. I've I've been good. I've never caused you a moment's notice. Never, ever, ever caused you a problem. Never. I've always been here. I've done exactly what you said. And look, this guy comes back. And what do you do? You throw him a party. You're going to give him a party? I've never gotten anything. And you're going to give him a party? Interesting piece of work here in our scripture. Because we've all known those who felt that same pain. But the father wants to make sure that the older brother knows that he's beloved. He's in a relationship. He wants him to know that everything that the father has is his faithful, dutiful sons. Now, it's real interesting. Did you catch it in the story? The older son never asked older son never said can I have a calf can I never never asked he simply didn't ask the father would have given him everything and he simply didn't ask why he didn't ask I do not know maybe he lived in a relationship and a construct with dad as long as I'm doing good I'm gonna get dad's favor and that's enough for me but maybe he just didn't ask in that moment he simply didn't ask one of the ministries that I get to share here in Naples, and, and really beyond, is a, is a wonderful gift of being able to marry lots of wonderful folks from all around the world. And, and I've, I've had that ministry for now about 15 years, and it's expanded and grown. And I've met wonderful people, literally, from all over the world. And I remember having a conversation with the bride and I just did what I normally do. I always, when we we're having the conversation, I said, so who's going to walk you down your aisle, down the aisle, Dad? Dead silent. I could tell by the look on her face that there was more to this story. And I thought, oh, man, I shouldn't, shouldn't have asked that question. But as she began to cry, she said, well, you know, I have a very difficult relationship with my father. My parents are divorced, and my dad's really not been involved in my life very much, and, and you know, He wasn't there for my high school graduation. He wasn't there for my college graduation. She said, I'd love to have him come walk me down the aisle still. And then probably not following very good lead, I simply said, well, have you asked him? And she just began to weep some more. And she said, I didn't ask because I'm afraid he's going to say no. And I said then we just need to pray for the courage because if you don't want to ask him, I'm going to make sure that we have somebody who can walk you down this aisle. I'm a dad with six girls and you're not coming alone. And she said, I want to pray too. Because maybe this is the one moment. My dad maybe can come to himself and just be my dad. We prayed and we worked and I can tell you, on that wedding day, her dad walked her down the aisle. She asked. He said yes. Sometimes we don't get it because we don't ask. And this whole story, this whole story in the scripture about the younger son who squandered it, about the older one who tried to be doodle, the whole story in scripture is to remind us about the kingdom of God. That's why why it's there. It reminds us of the kingdom of God. Father's Day is one of those days that yes, we celebrate our earthly fathers and all the good gifts that are ours because of that loving relationship or maybe that difficult relationship. I can tell you, I am the sum total of all of the things that have happened in my life, both good and bad, that have created me to be uniquely who I am in this moment, standing in this pulpit, preaching the Word of God to you, and I wouldn't change one bit of it because it made me and created me to be who I am in this moment. All of these stories are to remind us of the kingdom. We prayed together, did we not? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we're asking God to bring the kingdom of God to this moment. I don't know what your vision of the kingdom is, but on this Father's Day, the joyous Father's Day will come when we are in relationship with our Heavenly Father as God has called us to be in relationship, and we are sharing the kingdom of God as He intended for us right here. I'm not sure what your vision of the kingdom is, but I have a simple understanding, and that is that when the kingdom of God is where everything that's ever gone wrong in the world will be made right. Wouldn't you like to package some of that and send it to Washington? (laughs) I would, where everything that's gone wrong can be made right. I close this morning with a simple story of a colleague in ministry. His name's Tom. Tom has a brother. And his brother has a heart the size of the state of Florida. But his mental capacity is much, 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 much more diminished than that. And in those days, Tom's brother was placed in an institution. And Tom would go visit with his brother all the time. Saturday was their day. They went to Denny's. We don't really go to Denny's much anymore. But they'd always get the big breakfast. They loved the big breakfast. So as Tom would share with his brother, he would say to him, now Bill, what do you want to do today? And he says, Tommy, what we're going to do today is we're going to go over to visit with mommy and daddy, and I'm going to get daddy's car, and we're going for a drive. And he said, really? He said, where are we going? He said, we're going down to the local filling station, and we're going to tell them, fill her up he said, then when we're done with that, we're going to run over and we're going to get us a payday and a red pop. For those of you who don't know what red pop is, that's just kind of like a red cream soda. And so as they were having their conversation over breakfast about where they were going to go, Tom looked to his brother. And he said, you really want to drive that car? And he said, yes, Tommy, I do. And as he looked at his brother, who had this moment of cognition that he had not seen for a while, his brother then said to him, Tommy, do you really believe I'll ever drive a car? And Tom said, yes. Yes, you'll drive a car. Now, Tom said he would not go drive my car. But he said, yes, he was going to drive that car. And the reason he was going to drive that car is because he believed in a kingdom where everything that's ever been made wrong in this world can be made right. And he believed that there would be a day when his younger brother of limited capacity was going to be able to enjoy being able to drive that car. I don't know what kind of, drive, what kind of cars they drive in the kingdom, but I can tell you Tom's brother is going to be driving one everything in the world that's wrong gets made right. That's what this story is about. That's the power of God. That's the power of the strong leader who provides a tent and a dwelling for us. That is my God, and I pray that is your God. And I believe that God will bless us this day and always. I hope you have a happy and joyous Father's Day. Let us pray. In these moments, O God, remind us afresh and anew of saving grace, of redeeming love, of transforming powers that move us beyond just these moments. Renew us. Bless us and help each and every one of us. Because in some way, there's a prodigal in each and every one of us. We're just trying to get home. We're just trying to re-remember and have a moment where we get to come to ourselves. And when we come to ourselves, what we recognize once again is we are your beloved children. And there is nothing in life or in death that will ever separate us from your great love. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m we'd love to meet you thanks again for joining us have a fabulous day